Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. You guys, welcome back to I Totally Relate. We are so excited. We have a real treat for you guys today. Absolutely. So... This episode is following after Chelsea's where she walks us through our pain into power process. We wanted to share with you a story of our dear friend, but I've said this before and I'll stand behind it, is that we as human beings learn in stories. And so we remember stories far longer and far greater than we do any statistic that we've ever been told. And so we want to share with you a story of a pain into power journey. It's going to get a little heavy. It's she's going to walk us through some moments of deep joy and deep pain. We laugh really loud throughout the episode and I believe you might even hear some tears. <laughs> yeah. We are so excited to introduce you guys to Amber. She is very raw mm-hmm. and we believe that there are parts of her story that you will really be able to relate with. She She walks us through, even as a young child, elementary age, some of the stories and narratives that she collected herself, things that made her feel disempowered, such as she's weird or she's loud. Yes. Her feelings are bad feelings or bad emotions. Mm -hmm. And these, these stories, you know, continue to grow with her until she gets to a point in her life where she is ready to shed them and let go. And in that moment where she faces a lot of her fears, she is able to find her own self-empowerment. Yes. Her story is beautiful and there's so much to learn in there. Along with all of this depth and beauty, there are... In, in parts of the episode, we do discuss the topic of suicide and some of the suicidal ideation and thoughts. And so we just want to let you know that that is in here. If you get to a part of the story that is a lot for you to, to process or to fill, hit pause. And when you're ready, come back because Amber does move through these really dark and lonely feelings and and we believe that hearing the whole story is healing and so if you need to hit pause and come back to us at at another time we would love for you to and if that's not something that uh, is disruptive to you then we are so excited for you to hear her journey and how she takes her pain and she turns into her power yeah well, with that, let's jump into the episode with our dear friend, Amber. You guys, welcome, welcome back to your favorite podcast of the year. I don't know, maybe, but I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, too. But for reals, we are sitting down at the table with a very, very, very lovely guest today. Do you want to say Hey. 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 <laughs> Welcome to one of my BFFs, Amber. Hello. Yay. <laughs> I grew up in Littleton, Colorado. Okay. Um, it's just like suburbs of Denver, so mm. suburban life. Yeah. It was fun. I have 
um, two really awesome parents, Maria and Doug. <laughs> Maria! Maria! Everyone calls her Maria or Marie, and she gets really pissed. She's like this tiny-ass woman. Yeah. Full of rage, and I love her. I like to fuck with my mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> and my dad's a sweetheart. Like, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and then I have a little brother, Bryce. Um, he's great. He's such a kind human being. Um, but yeah, we grew up in Littleton, but then we were very fortunate. Like, my grandparents built a cabin um, when they were young. So we'd spend a lot of our times in the summer, like up in the mountains at that cabin. And then my parents built their own cabin. So I spent a lot of time either playing like with the neighborhood boys doing typical suburban shit or um, up in the mountains. It was so fun. Like my brother and I would build forts and hike and stuff. But yeah, and I always liked art. Like my mom was really good at always having us do like crafts and stuff. And I always really enjoyed that and like just being able to express myself I guess like when I was little even till now like I was always called weird and it used to really bother me but now I just embrace it but I don't like I don't know why that's a thing but I've grown up literally with people just being like you're really weird and I don't know (laughs) if it's just because like I'm hyper or I have like kind of I call it my hummingbird energy like I'm always like <laughs> yes yes um <laughs> and that's why I love you because <laughs> my hummingbird energy is like <laughs> but I've always been like super hyper and weird and I remember when I was little like I loved using my imagination and um I always wanted to be a witch I was really into like yes. books about magic and stuff And then I think growing up, it was really hard. And maybe I just kind of cling to negative memories. Sure. But I guess, like, being called weird a lot made me feel insecure. Like, what does that mean? It came across as always, like, a negative thing to me. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I got a lot of messaging that I was, like, a lot, a lot to handle. Whether it was, like, I was hyper or I've always been super, super emotional. Um, and I'm also sensitive, I think, like, to other people's emotions or, like, energies that they give off. Um, so I think in my head, I kind of started framing these ideas that I was too much. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, I think I started to try and control, I guess, certain feelings, like things I would associate as bad and not allow myself to express that ever. And then I think I also was always just trying to please people because... I think, I don't know, I just, I didn't, I didn't like being called weird for a very long time, and I just wanted to be accepted, and I also dealt a lot with feeling lonely and, like, isolated, like, I have a lot of, um, memories of just, like, feeling really alone, and, like, going to therapy and, like, working through a lot of this stuff, um, I think I've come to recognize that I have issues with like loss so Mm. I'm I'm always scared of being cut out of people's lives and being Mm. alone and isolated after kind of digging a little deeper with that I realized in one of my sessions like holy shit I think it's just this fear of myself like I think I've tried to control aspects of myself that are like true to who I am Mm. and like suppress that that I've developed a distrust with myself and a fear of, like, being who I truly am. Mm -hmm. And I've, 
I think like just recently been trying to embrace that and not yeah. let that affect me so much because I've lived a very fearful life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this might be really deep, really no, quick. Like really confined, <laughs> maybe like, yes, like maybe you just try to put yourself in like a container that you just didn't fit Yes, in. and it would okay. always, always, like even when I was young, like it would just explode. Like I remember um, it would explode and there's a lot of self-hatred for me and insecurity like Mm -hmm. I remember in high school I allowed myself to put all this pressure of like trying to be perfect and feeling so dumb and I just tear myself down and I think like suppressing a lot of those emotions and not accepting who I am would put all this pressure on me and I think I told my dad once like I had really bad anxiety um and it felt like this constant drip into this bucket and like at some point it's gonna overflow and you gotta like get rid of that water somehow yeah so I'd explode I'd have these moments of explosion and it was kind of scary like um it would either be just like extreme you know like pain and grief or anger um and I remember one time I was like I think I was like trying to study for the SAT or something and I just felt so stupid and overwhelmed and I remember like taking a hairbrush and like hitting myself on the head so hard like I was bleeding and my mom was just like holy shit like yeah I just remember a lot of pain well I think that that moment can feel like holy shit but that root of what all of that buildup right like it wasn't that moment of studying it was your bucket was full yeah yeah which is tough and then I remember too I definitely like suppressed this memory I feel like I have horrible memory like I can't remember yesterday so let alone, like, my childhood. And then when I do remember things, I, I do feel like it's more negative, like, painful experiences, mm. which makes me a little sad. But I remember my parents reminded me, I might cry. It's okay. It's okay. That, like, in high school, I helped, like, I, I guess I was holding a knife to my chest, and, like, I called them, and I was like, I'm not okay. Like, I'm, I want to hurt myself, and I'm holding a knife to my chest. And my parents, like, came home, but... Yeah, I just remember, like, feeling a lot of pain, and I think it was just feeling extremely trapped. Um, like, like not allowing myself to be who I truly am. And honestly, I feel like this hasn't... I haven't been able to embrace who I am until these, like, last two years, especially since this last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you guys want me to like go into that at all. Ooh, yeah, I do want to, but just a second. I kind of want to go back to like this idea of being called weird. Mm-hmm. Like, so were your family members saying that, or like this is just kids at school, or like your friends? Like, it was friends mostly. Yeah, I I think I mostly remember like just people at school and stuff. Like they'd yeah. always just be like, "You're really weird." <laughs> I couldn't tell if they like liked me or not. But then I was like, "Okay, I gotta tone it down." It was always like reeling in those emotions or reeling in my expressions and or way of expressing myself. Um, yeah. And now I'm kind of like, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> like so I don't care. What was the container that you saw that you were gonna try to fit in? Like, is this like? Um, ladylike or is like what was the container that you're like okay well I guess I need to like not be weird and be more like what I guess it was more just like being good 
Because mm. I I, mm. I always was kind of like one of the boys. Like, I was very tomboyish, and I've always had, like, this rebelliousness about me. Because I remember there'd be times when boys we'd hang out with were like, girls aren't allowed in this fort. And I was like, I'm getting in there. Mm-hmm. And I would. Like, I'd find ways to, like, <laughs> yeah. get in there. I'd be like, you're letting me in. And like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah. So I, I always had, like, this honoriness about me. But then I think it felt wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. And I think... I allowed how people interacted with me, and maybe I misinterpreted people a lot, but I just, when I'd go to the extreme with shit, it felt like it was too much on people, so I was like, oh shit, I gotta reel that in. So it was more like, I think, emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, like, don't share your feelings. Yeah, don't... especially, like, bad ones, mm-hmm. um, which, they're not bad, but... Well, what I heard you just describe was, like, respect. Like, you were demanding respect, right? And But that maybe was perceived as, like, well, that's weird. Like, mm-hmm. you're a girl. You should just know that, like, you're not allowed in this fort. Yeah. But, like, you demanding respect was weird. And so, like, maybe you were, like, trying to reel in, like, that. Like, okay, I guess I'll just go with the flow. I think I'm more just, like, trying to please people. Yeah. Like, mm. and because of that fear of loss of connection, like, oh, yeah. if I do something wrong that they don't like, then they're going to cut me out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, like acceptance, just wanting to be yeah. in but like, the in. Being my true self came across as like, oh, they're not going to accept me. Mm. Because being my true self is too much. Yeah. And so I need to be less yes. than what I am. Yes. So I learned to like reel in behaviors or emotions that felt like I would lose people. So, like, anger or grief or anything, like, I guess I perceived as bad. It was like, you have to be a good person. You have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Ooh. I'm relating to a lot of things you're saying right now, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Or if I, like, thought negatively about someone, like, oh, my God, that person's annoying me, I'd be like, you're a shitty human being. You shouldn't ever feel that way. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, this constant policing of certain feelings and emotions mm. or expressions. Um, it sucks. Like, that takes so much <clears throat> mental energy. And if you're doing that as a kid, like, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, like, are you junior high or elementary or high elementary, school? Elementary, I feel like Elementary, yeah. yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I, mean, I think it's it got worse, like... Yeah. Yeah, college... I don't know. I felt like I was starting to allow myself to be more of who I was, but I held mm-hmm. myself back a lot. Like, fear literally has driven my life, and it's prevented me from, like, living my life to its fullest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so when, um, so you, you were constantly trying to control these bad mm-hmm. emotions and put yourself in a container that allows other people to accept you as you are, yep. and you get into college. What are you studying? I started out in the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, um, Whoa. For advertising. <laughs> Whoa! And is this in Colorado? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I did that because I was like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. And advertising felt like it kind of blended art with business. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, okay. Cool. Yeah. And then I realized, like, I really love art. So then I had... 
that as my second major and my emphasis was in painting and drawing and then I had a minor in technology arts and media advertising I don't know I think I had like kind of a bad attitude about it but the more I got into it the more I was just like uh, this doesn't feel right to me yeah. mm-hmm. it's a very creative job but I just didn't want to spend my creative energy being like how do we sell diapers and like really get people to buy this I was like yeah. I don't give a shit yeah like 99% yeah. of ads are useless they're junk yeah you didn't want to take your art and funnel and give all the energy to consumerism. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I remember I only had, like, two credits left, and I was like, Ugh, I'll just get this degree because, I don't know. I mean, you're that is, close, and you might yeah. as well just, like, get a degree. I totally I totally get that. I'm like, yeah, girl, just, like, cross it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I loved art. Like, I've always loved it. And I always drew or painted like naturey things and art for me is super emotional I don't always think what I create conveys that and that's okay it's more like a process for me like in the moment my heart and soul is going into it like I want to create pieces that I would be stoked to hang up in my house and um, sometimes it's just literally an emotional process where it's like I'm feeling this I'm getting it out but it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily portrayed to people that look at it and that's fine like I just Oh, I'm going to disagree with you. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, no. I like look at your artwork and I'm just like, that just pulled 70 different emotions out of me in like a glance. I'm like, whoa, it yes. is It is a very emotional, very beautiful, like there's like these dark, like shadowy things in there, but like these bright colors, like even like a pink, I'm like, oh God, I kind of like it, but like I'm a little sad about it. Like yeah. it, it pulls a lot of emotion. Thank you. Even yeah. just like at a, at a glance. Absolutely, I would 1,000% agree with that. So, how do you, like, if you're going to draw, like, a picture, Mm -hmm. like, how long? Like, are you just, like, in one sit-down, you're just like, I'm just going to, like, draw this elk (laughs) with, like, these splotches of color. Or, like, because you said it's, like, a process, and you're, like, feeling it. Like, if you're going to, like, create a piece of art, what Mm. is that process? I guess it... I get inspired, so I've noticed, like, the more I spend time outside, the more I feel really inspired, Mm. or if there's something going on emotionally with me, I'll sometimes, I think I was telling you guys earlier, like, I visualize a lot, I don't know if you'd call it daydreaming or what, but I'll start to, like, have these weird visions come to me, and then sometimes if it's really seeming to stick with something, I'll, like, jot it down, or... Sometimes I'll even just, like, think through a painting or a drawing in my head, and I'll be like, holy shit, like, this is what I want to do. But I'm also not one to really plan stuff, so sometimes it'll literally just be like, I'm feeling this, I'm just going to start throwing colors on paper, and then it'll just morph into something else, or I'll feel inspired by something. Um, Yeah. Your creative process is very um, intentional and true to the moment, not necessarily like this big picture where I'm going to sketch out three different, you know, like lookbooks for mm-hmm. it and then create a big piece. You kind of just sit down in front of that piece and allow it to speak to you. Yes. Okay. I remember there was like, oh, that bristle cone drawing I did. <laughs> I spent, like, I'll spend, like, so many days just thinking about one freaking paint stroke. And that's what happened. I was like, I know I want to add more black to this. 
but I don't know what that is yet. Yeah. And sometimes I'll just stare at it for, like, 20 minutes. Like, it's kind of crazy. And other times I'll be so into it that I'm, like, I'll just keep going and things come to me and... Yeah. I don't know. Ooh, you, like, get in the zone. Yeah. And sometimes I'm not in the zone, but when I'm in the zone, yeah. And and sometimes I'm just super fearless where I'm, like, I'm just going to try this and if it Fs it up, then whatever. You can always add layers on top of it. Yeah. When you were younger and you were creating art and your classmates were seeing it, like, what kinds of things, like, how did they perceive it? Were they, like, holy moly, this is amazing? Or would that, like, would they say, like, oh, that's kind of weird? No. I mean, I think I've always had strengths with art. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't remember my classmates really caring. <laughs> okay. But I was super were you, stoked. Were you not really sharing it with them? Like, people didn't see your art? Uh, kind of. I'm always, like, really quiet about it. Like, okay. even in art school, I wasn't like, I want to be a famous artist. Mm-hmm. It's more just like, this is how I express myself, and I kind of mm-hmm. don't care if this is what the general public wants, or... Yeah. Yeah. It's more selfish, like, for selfish reasons I do it, but... Yeah. You want to know what I feel like? Do you guys watch, um, The Office? I love The Office. I feel like... What's Pam and what's that guy's name who Jim? she was engaged to? And when he's uh, like, your art is the best art of all the art. Like I keep, like, I keep oh. referring to, like, did you show people your art? How do you do your art? Like, I feel like, how do you do it? So how do you do art? Um, art. With a paintbrush, what do you do? What is her guy's Pam name? And Pam and... Because I can only think of Jim, and I know it's not Jim. Who was the guy bit before Jim? Roy. Roy, yeah. That's I feel like Roy. Yeah. Like, just real, like... Your art is all the art that all the art ever needs. Yeah. Art. Yeah. And she's like, wow, that just didn't really feel good. Like, thanks for the compliment. Like, that's what I feel like I'm doing. You're like, well, Carissa, that is not how you do no. art. No! I'm, like, the worst with art stuff. Like, people are like, you probably know so much. I'm like, oh. I, it's more well, like you, an emotional thing for me, and I always yeah. want to just, like, give it away just because if someone else is stoked on it, it's like, hell yeah. That makes me feel so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay, so you were, you kind of kept it to yourself. It wasn't something you were, like, really displaying. But then once you got into college and, like, this is your degree, like, and professors are, like, are, they're commenting on it? Like, how did that feel? I mean, they're, they have to grade it, I mean, right? they tear you down. But I like that. I mean, like, you go, if you go to art school, it's more just, like, you're going there to get feedback from your peers. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay. I could be wrong on this, but that's just how I feel about it. No, I agree. Like, anyone can be an artist. Like, I get mad when people are like, oh, I didn't go to school. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. There are famous artists out there that are self-taught. Yeah. Like, everyone's creative. You can be creative at any endeavor. I was going to say, one thing that I am hearing you say that is just kind of blowing my mind is like in all these other facets you felt insecurities and like that you needed to try to be likable or good enough yeah but then when it came to art it like something about that was just like true enough for you that you're just like I see how you want me to do it more like that and that's fine I'm just gonna do it my way like there was something about that that like yeah. allowed you to stay true to yourself mm-hmm. I think I did stay true to myself but I also allowed myself I think to be influenced by to, them, to and sometimes I think yeah. I did um, just try to please others in that setting. 
Or maybe you experimented and realized that that wasn't an avenue in a way that I want to express it. Yeah. Because, like, I feel the same way with some things that I've done. I'm like, oh, you can tell that I'm super influenced by so-and-so. Which I think is fine. Absolutely. I think that, well, you know, you can take this conversation outside of art. I think it can be to life. Like, okay, you start to experiment. I see what you have. I'm going to kind of test that out for myself. Ooh, that doesn't really work for me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to try something else. And then I think that you kind of just, you have a very big picture and then you start to just whittle it away and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is me which sounds like like that's kind of gained that more recently Mm, beautiful Mm, okay all right so you're in college you're you go to school in Colorado yes how do you end up in Utah (laughs) I don't know I did that laugh that was (laughs) (laughs) because I literally threw my head back and I was like (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) so my ex I went through a divorce last summer So my ex, we dated in college. I knew him since I was 14. Um, Oh, he grew up in, like, your same town. Okay. Yeah. All right. He was, oh, my God, three years older than me. Um, So I didn't really know him in high school because we went to the same high school, but we worked together, and we had a lot of similarities with, like, the outdoors, and so we dated in college, and I think I was, like, 18 or 19. He was a wildland firefighter. He got a job as a hotshot out here, and he wanted me to move out here, and I was like, I'm not moving. Like, unless you put a ring on it, I am not moving. Like, I was so into my little bubble, Mm -hmm. and I'm really, really, really grateful that I came out here. Like, I didn't know anyone, and so we got married in Colorado. We moved out here in 2013. Yeah, I just, like, I kept looking for jobs. I landed a job at a biotech company. Um, I've been there for eight years, or going on eight years. But, yeah, and I knew some of the, like, firefighter guys because I had met them a couple times when I'd visit. Mm -hmm. But that community is so great. (laughs) (laughs) They're my family. Like, I... I remember I met Kelsey and Adam, and they were always so sweet. I think over the years, like, I got to meet some of the girlfriends um, or wives, and for some reason, like, all of us women just clicked, which I feel like is so rare, because back home, yeah. I didn't have very many girlfriends. Like, mm-hmm. I'm my best friend, and that's about kind of it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, but the women out here are just, like, so supportive and sweet and like we all love the outdoors so, like as when the guys were on rolls like we would just all hike together mm-hmm. and yeah just lift each other up and I don't know they're all just freaking badasses like yeah absolutely the best people and their husbands and partners are great too like I don't know it's just like such an awesome community well yeah. it's a family it right? is a family like, we've definitely created a family and Amber is a part of that family with us mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys accepted me <laughs> I'm glad you accepted me I almost me. feel like we're more like a wolf pack like oh, I feel like we're all yeah. freaking wild yeah mm. I love it mm-hmm. love it Okay, well, that's funny that you say that because I feel like I learned how to be wild from you. Really? Oh, yeah. I always thought you were the wild one. I was like, I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so you are, like, emanating wild. Which is insane to me. Like, in the most complimentary, like, the best way. Yes. Like, something so innate. Like, something so 
magnetic, really, yeah. for reals. Like, and I, so I don't know you at, for as long or as deeply, and immediately I was like, this vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I want it. I want to, like, understand it or, like, be close to it. I feel like it. it's new. Just because when I look, like, when I reflect on my past self, I was so controlled. I was a wet blanket. I almost said towel. I would say wet <laughs> towel. And everyone's like, that's not the saying, sweetie. That's not it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, towels are used. when, Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because- I literally felt like I was just always, I was always anxious. I was always like, what's the plan? I need the detailed plan. And now I'm just like, I fucking hate that shit. Like, yeah. that was not me at all. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah. It went Keep- through going through pain, honestly, in my opinion, to like get to this point. But here's here's the thing. Here's what I... This is what I think is... Okay, society got to you. Great. But we each come to this world, in my opinion, with, like, an essence of who we are. Mm -hmm. And I feel that society and those messages that you received and, you know, there is a lot of things that we could pile onto that. And because... Our human nature wants us to be connected. We want to fit in. So there were parts of you that didn't. But I feel like this piece or this essence of who you are, this wild woman, this free bird, that is who you are. Yes. And so I you have like these like that all the time. <laughs> yes. I am a free bird. Like I literally felt like that was who I was since I was little, but mm-hmm. I was told like this is too much. Exactly. Too much. Like and I think that that's like what you're saying is okay, you life got to you, society got to you, hurt crept into your life, you know, this pain and shadow. Which we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. We might all have different stories, but we can mm-hmm. all relate that like there are things or moments in our lives that have taken something from us that have taken our safety or that security or that confidence or that freedom within ourselves. But the essence of who you are is this wild woman, is this free bird. And no matter how much you tried to choke that out of you, it didn't work. And when you kind of start to shake off these societal messages Mm -hmm. and you start to give back to people what is theirs to own and not for you to own, I think that that is the message that I received from you. Mm -hmm. So yes, I see your hurt. I see your pain. I see the labels that have been placed on you. And I definitely do not want to undermine or take away from your story in any sort of way. But with that being said, you taught me to be who I am. Same with core. you. Oh, girl. I feel like this whole tribe. So, like the Utah family, and even so, like my best friend back home, Kelly. She is like, I idolize her so much. Like she mm-hmm. is a free bird. She is just like one of Kelly. the kindest, most compassionate human beings I've ever met. Like just yeah, a genuinely good person who cares. Like fucking cares, but she's true to herself. So I've like. I've always admired her, but I've I've realized like all of our friends, I'd honestly argue that they're all free birds. <laughs> like I've surrounded myself by people I wanna be like. Mm-hmm. Like you all are such good, sweet, kind human beings that have made it safe for me to express myself and be who I am. Like moving out here, I just remember 
I think going to one of the parties at Kelsey and Adams and like just seeing how everyone was interacting and they were just like weird and goofy and I was like I can be weird I can be myself and I was like I started opening up more and I realized like holy shit like they're accepting me like I can be myself yeah yeah and it's been so freeing so freeing okay so you are you get married in Littleton he moves you out here to Utah yes you end up finding your people yes So what kinds of things do you feel like, or what kind of activities or behaviors do you feel like you kind of started to maybe loosen the grip or try to control less? Or like, how did you like start showing up more like you and not Um, controlled version you? So with the whole controlling thing, I I had what was a traumatic experience for me and I know you both know the details but I'm not going to share that just to I don't yeah. want to and like yep. a, just to protect folks yep respectfully um, so which I still might cry that's okay. okay so I told my therapist like I feel like all that pressure was just like building up mm. so something happened in my life where it was a turning point for me and I feel like it was just all this constant pressure and control of who I was that it was just like surmounting to this this fucking pinnacle to this moment and if mm. that hadn't had happened it would have been something else but it's just like I don't think I could take it anymore so this experience happened and it was very complicated and I proceeded to blame myself for all of it And I'm definitely accountable for aspects of it, but it is very complicated. And it's torn me up for years because I carried it as a secret for years and years. And like, I swear to God, it's like 10 years. And that's a cancer. Like, it becomes a fucking cancer. And there's a lot of self-loathing. There's a lot of guilt and shame and anger and... I blamed myself for it for years and it created a lot of anxiety. It affected my relationship with my husband. I hate that I like that that happened, but I also am so grateful for it because before mm-hmm. that I was a very black and white person and after that experience I think it taught me compassion towards other people and mm-hmm. that we're fucking human and humans fuck up. Like we're mm-hmm. not meant to be perfect and So that experience really tore me apart and I tried my best to hide it and I tried my best to forget it and it was killing me, like literally killing me. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't value myself. Um, I think (laughs) I hate my voice when I cry. (laughs) It just, I hated myself and It made me really insecure and it made me allow myself to be treated like shit, like by myself and by other people because it was like, I deserve this. Mm. And I mean, I'm not religious, but I just felt like I was like the worst fucking human being alive. And I'd have panic attacks like I never had that in my life. And I think all of that, like keeping a secret in for years and having it just like eat away at you and not being able to free yourself from it like I'd have these moments where I'd literally out of nowhere just like not be able to breathe and my arms would go completely numb and it was just like the weirdest fucking shit and I'd wake up at night panicking like I don't know it just was hell 
So that definitely, like, affected my relationship and, like, how I treated myself. I think I was depressed. Then I started going to therapy. And my ex and I were, like, having issues. I appreciate the time we were together. Like, he did teach me a lot. Like, he got me into the outdoors. He taught me how to fly fish, mountain bike. Like, he took me on my first camping trip. Like, he reminded me of, like, how much I love nature and, like, ways you can interact with nature and... So I don't mean to bash on him at all. Like, we had some really ugly moments, but, like, there were beautiful moments, too. Um, but things got hard, like, the last, I'd say, like, handful of years in our relationship. And part of it is just, like, I felt like shit. And I'd get depressed. And um, so I went to therapy, and I've come so far because my therapist reminded me the other week, like, dude, you couldn't even talk about this. And now you're openly talking about it and you've shared it with, like, some of your closest people in your life. So, like, it, I feel so good now. Therapy was a huge turning point for me. Like, I needed help and I finally recognized that. And I've been able to, like, untangle all this shit. I mean, there's still so much work to do, but... I, I literally feel like it was, like, a cancer. Like, it just... It was always there, always there, reminding me how much of a piece of shit I was. Mm, yeah. And so therapy, this experience, I went back to that just because I think that really... Oh, you're tearing up. <laughs> I hate seeing people cry. I love you. I love you too. I cry just because it, like, the people I've told, like... They're so sweet. So this moment was really fucking hard on me, and I didn't tell anyone. And last July, I remember it was, like, around the 4th of July, I was super depressed. Like, COVID was hitting, like, all this shit going on in the world, and I just, like, got super depressed like it was too much like my self-hate like all this shit going on and like that fear was like overpowering me and like my ex and I weren't doing well and I just kept pulling away from him and I was in a really dark place and like I remember he went on a fire in Arizona and I was super depressed and just kind of was giving up I feel like and by that, I mean just, like, not caring. <laughs> like, so I went to Arizona to visit my family, and it was just relief. Like, I was able to talk about some really tough shit with them. Like, just what was going on in the world and being like, holy shit. I, have, I think it was just, like, a reminder, like, I have family. I have support. And then I met up with you girls in Escalani, and I remember it was, like, such a powerful night because I, I wanted to tell you, like, that secret so bad, but I was so scared it was just going to cut people out in my life. So I remember sharing a little bit about, like, my, just how much I've hated myself over the years um, and, like, some suicidal stuff. I think the knife story and just being heartbroken with the world and, like, myself and you guys were so sweet and so supportive and I remember coming back from that trip being like, I'm alive again, like, I just needed to reconnect with my people, like. So my ex came home and he was acting weird. And I remember he I I confronted him and I was like, "Dude, what's going on? Like you're acting really weird." And he just told me And again, this is my perspective. It's not his story. So like this is probably very, very biased and 
very one-sided, but I remember he was like, I don't feel like we should be together. Like, we're just friends. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, I think we're just friends. I just remember those two weeks were the worst. It was the worst. I literally felt like someone just took my heart and like shot it with a shotgun and like it just exploded everywhere. Like my world turned upside down because he was my everything and I allowed myself to lose myself to him in my relationship and we had beautiful moments but I think between this like guilt and shame that I constantly carried around, this self-loathing, I lost myself to him because I felt like I... I had to punish myself, just punish myself and do anything that he wanted. And in doing so, I lost myself. Mm-hmm. And when you lose yourself, you become depressed, like you're not a good person to be around. And I just remember those two weeks were fucking hell. Like, I have never been so broken. And I'm crying because I haven't really reflected on it. And it's like coming up to be here, but... I remember calling my parents and his parents and, like, my best friend and crying. I've never cried so hard in my life. Like, I, like, this weird wail would come out of me. Like, it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced, but I was, like, broken because I loved him so much. And it was, like, that was my life. And it hurt. I don't think I've told my parents this, but... Kelsey and Adam were there for me and all of you guys but like initially out here it was just like I told Kelly my parents knew his parents knew and then Kelsey called me one day and I was like bawling and she was like what's going on and my ex wants to leave me and I remember one night he came up so there was like two weeks where he couldn't give me an answer and when I look back on it now I can view it with compassion because I think it was hard for him I think it was really hard. Like, we've known each other since we were 14. But it sucked. (laughs) Like, it sucked being like, what the fuck's going on? Are we getting a divorce? Are we going to counseling? And he couldn't answer me that. But I remember one night, we were still, like, sleeping in bed. And I could tell he just, like, he didn't love me anymore. And because I lost myself to him. I remember we had loaded guns in the bedside table. And I literally, that's the closest I've ever come to suicide, but I remember, like, I walked through how I was going to do it, and I felt okay with it, and then I started thinking of how my dad, like, my dad, and, like, I couldn't do it, and I remember telling Kelsey and Adam, and I think Rob was there, because I'd go to their house on the weekends, because I just, like, I couldn't be alone, I remember telling them that, and, like, just realizing, like, I, I want to live. I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this. I cannot. Why would I ever do that? Why would I lose myself over someone to the point where I'm, like, considering just killing myself? Like, that's so dumb. And I'm so freaking grateful for friends. Like, you all have saved me. I know there was one time I was, like, having a really hard time, and I called Shelby, and she just, like, met me for a walk, and, like... You guys seriously saved me from, like, probably one of the darkest times of my life. And my ex and I, I finally got him to say he wanted a divorce. 
and that was it like that pain I was just like I need out as soon as possible so my one friend Janelle who's a fucking rock star and sweetheart she like sent me all the material for how to do a divorce yourself and like I did it I got our house on the market and he helped too but I will own that I like did a lot of this shit a lot all, <laughs> all of the shit yeah. Like, I will own that. Um, it sucked. This summer, this last summer was really hard. Like, I went through a divorce. One of my really good friends, um, she was paddling her second round of leukemia. That's been really hard. Like, that was... <sighs> I cried last night in the shower because I was, like, trying to prep for this. And I was, like, going through all the loss. And that's hard. Like, she had a baby and... Her... Our leukemia came back while she was pregnant, and she told me the news. And this is all, like, while I'm trying to go through a divorce, and it was just, like, a weird survival mode type of thing that whole summer, and I'm so grateful I got to, like, spend time with her in Moab. It just sucks. Like, I've never lost someone. Like, I'm so fortunate I still have both sets of grandparents. I'm laughing because Shelby's crying and it's making me cry more. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... Fuck. I think I'm still trying to deal with that grief. Yeah. I'm grateful I got that time with her, but... She would say stuff on that trip that just, like, I couldn't accept. Because I think she knew what was happening and was accepting it and I didn't want to accept that I was just like this isn't gonna happen and I reflect on that and it breaks my heart that I didn't tell her certain things but I think we all do that when we lose someone but I remember texting her um she was back in Colorado and I remember texting her and she was like I'm not coming home and I had to say bye to her on a text. And I didn't know what to say besides, like, I think I wrote, I haven't read that text in a long time, but I think I wrote, I don't know what to say besides I fucking love you and your family. And that was my goodbye to her. And I remember sending her a picture of the moon that night, and the sky was pink, and the moon was half full, half empty, which in its own way I find so beautiful. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> but every it's time so I see that moon, like, I just... I think of her. And every time I see certain colors, I think of her. And I don't know. I just... I've been a shitty friend to her husband. And I think part of it is just, like, I just can't emotionally deal with it right now. And I feel horrible, but... Yeah, that was such a shitty summer. <laughs> Um, but... Can I just acknowledge something for you? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. I'm sorry I'm, like, crying so much. I'm no, not sorry. Okay. I mean, we are not allowed. You, you talked about growing up, like, your biggest fear was, like, that loss, mm-hmm. losing and being cut out, and it seems like you were really fortunate to, like, not have to actually go through that when you were younger, but it was a really big fear, and then you come to, like, this one stage in your life where, like... You you kind of had to face like so much your your deepest fears. Yeah, you lost 
your spouse, your spousal relationship, you lost a best friend. You know, you lost your four-legged best friend too. Like you really had like your big, your biggest fears came to life right in front of you. Yeah. All at once, yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. I totaled my car that month too. That was funny. <laughs> you lost your car too. <laughs> Moon shout out to kind of fix a flat, which is so funny now. But I was just like, what the fuck? Full blown totaled the car. Yeah, like it exploded. I was driving. I was on the phone with my mother. Oh it was my like, gosh! Bam! And all this like brown foam covered the interior of my car. And I just got done telling Kelsey and Adam like, I'm gonna give you guys a weekend. I need time for myself. And I'm like turning out of their neighborhood. It's like pop. And I was like, Who shot at me? And then like my inner like kid was just like, Who threw a milkshake in here? <laughs> I was very confused, and I was like, why does it smell like chemicals, and then I was like, oh, shit. Like, I pulled over, and I think I called Adam, like, crying, and I was like, something exploded in my car, like, giving him no context. He's like, what are you okay? And I was like, I'm coming back. <laughs> the dog and I are covered. We're, like, wiping my car down. You that have thing. fix a flat on you? It was on me, the dog, and the, like, top of the can was behind me. Like, it exploded. I'm crying, and I literally had, like, the biggest white girl moment, too. I was, like, telling Kelsey, I think I was, like, I'm just going to open my heart to the universe and, like, <laughs> just accept whatever comes, and the universe sharded on me. And I remember she, like, gave me a glass of wine, and she was, like, go shower, and I was, like, like, what is going on? The universe started on me. I seriously was just like, I am going to embrace everything and just, like, go with the flow. And it was just like, like, fuck. Oh, my God. It was just, like, cool. And then you mentioned, too, like, um, in March, my dog got hit by a car. And that sucked. He got hit... And I had to go get him and scoop him out of the road, which was so sad, and put him down, which sounds silly, but that fucking, like, I was just like, I know I'm just kind of having a pity party, but it was just like, that was it. That was the last of my whole previous life, like, oh, wow, yeah, he was my only companion. And, like, this fear of loss, it was just, like, that dog was my dog. Like, he loved my ex, too, but that was my fucking dog. And, like... When you are married to a wildland firefighter, you spend so much time alone. Oh, yeah. And your four-legged friend becomes your everything. And so... Sometimes even, like, your purpose to live. It's yeah. a, it's something that you're taking care of. It's something that needs you. And you need it back. It's almost like a protector in a way, too, right? Oh, 100%. Like, it's all that you have, right? Like, especially, yeah, I mean, so, you know, just speaking on your behalf, like, that is that, like you said, I mean, that was oh, the last. Fuck, it was so hard. Okay, so... Okay, Carissa, it says, these transient tastes of the wilds come during the mystique of inspiration. Ah, there it is. Oh, now it has gone. 
The longing for her comes when one happens across someone who has secured this wildish relationship. The longing comes when one realizes one has given scant time to the mystic cook fire or to the dream time. Too little time to one's own creative life, one's life work, or one's true loves. Yet, it is these fleeting tastes which come both through beauty as well as loss that cause us to become so bereft, so agitated, so longing that we eventually must pursue the wildish nature. Then, we leap into the forest or into the desert or into the snow and run hard, our eyes scanning the ground, our hearing sharply tuned, searching under, searching over, searching for a clue, a remnant, a sign that she still lives, that we have not lost our chance. And when we pick up her trail, it is typical of women to ride hard, to catch up, to clear off the desk, clear off the relationship, clear out one's own mind, turn to a new page, insist on a break, break the rules, stop the world, for we are not going on without her any longer. I feel that right now so much. When I reread that last night, I was like, holy fuck, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah. Like... I feel so wild, so lost, so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And in the survival mode that I, reading that, I was like, holy fuck, that's what I'm doing. I'm just running nonstop, trying to catch up, trying mm-hmm. to embrace who I've always been and, like, fucking live my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my friend passed, like, before that she inspired me so much like what the fuck am I doing living fearfully I could get I could like fall on the sidewalk hit my head and be dead the next day live my fucking life I need to live my life yeah. and like yeah. I'm still scared and there's still so much to work through but it's just like at least I'm wanting to push through that yeah okay so I have to say so you recommended us the book the Women Who Run With Wolves. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you I said... I thought Dalton was like, I'm reading this, and I was like, I love that book. No, Dalton's been reading it. You recommended you sent, it to us. Yeah, you sent us an email. And I you did? Like, you sent us, like, <laughs> I don't this even know what I do. <laughs> lovely email that was, like, so encouraging, and I just felt like, oh, man, like, maybe, maybe she'll... It was, like, the very, very beginning of oh, season one. yes. And I felt like, oh, my gosh, like, maybe we're doing something cool. Like, maybe we should keep doing this, right? Like, it was, like, an encouragement that I needed, so... What up, girl? Thank you for <laughs> supporting in such a way. But you, like, sent us this beautiful email, and, like, the very last time was like, oh, by the way, have you heard of this book? I think you might like it. And it was Women Who Run With Wolves. And so Shelby and I start reading it. Like, newsflash, it changed my life. Like, it, like, shook so many things loose that, like, I've just been, like, trying to, like, hold on tight to. And so as I'm reading this book, and I know only just, like, little teensy parts of your story, but I'm, like, watching on Instagram, right, as you're, like, fly fishing in the winter by yourself. You're not doing it for a husband. You're not doing it to, like, like, you're just doing it for you. And I'm, like, whoa, like, why is that so interesting to me? Like, why do I like that? Like, why do I want to, like, double tap that? Like... (laughs) Like, it was, it was really compelling, and, like, I watch a lot, like, you're rock climbing, or, like, you'll post a picture of, like, your art, and I'm like, whoa, why does this resonate with me so much? And I don't really know all the answers to that, but what I do want to say is that in you just, like, just letting go and, like, unabashedly, like, learning how to be yourself, you are secretly giving me tons of permission over here oh. to, like, do the same, and so I'm just, like, taking notes like okay Amber did this it was freaking rad I also want to experience this like (laughs) 
like in all the best way not to be like instagram creepy maybe a little bit but, but. instagram <laughs> is so curated you know totally like, for keep sure that in mind too but yeah, i feel like, like i've shared some ugly sides about yeah, myself with you guys but because people I that know, don't know me it's like it's so curated like, for sure like because i know some of the depth of it like watching that like oh i know she's like going through a super hard moment in her life and what does she do she runs into nature and mm-hmm. like does a thing that, like, she feels compelled to do for no other reason. Like, I know she has no other reason. I know all of her reasons have, like, left. And now she is left with her. And this is what she's choosing to do. And it's so compelling. And you're giving me, like, a ton of um, permission to, like, pursue that on my own, in my own different ways. But, um, so I want to, like, ask questions. Like, what about, like, when was the first time that you're like, okay, I'm doing this wild naturistic thing for me and not because I want to appease my husband or because everyone else is doing it but like when did you like get into that wolf mentality and like (laughs) I'm running hard like I think I slowly started getting that way out here I think with the community we had and the yeah honestly the women here and I don't think I recognize like like Shelby was pointing out, when you're when you're married to a wildland firefighter, you're you're alone a lot. So mm-hmm. I always felt like I was really needy, but I when you look back on it, it's like holy shit, you're super independent. Like mm-hmm. you have to fucking do your own thing. <laughs> I think that big shift was out here, like being around people in a community that allowed you to feel safe to be yourself, express yourself, and also around strong fucking women that were Mm -hmm. like, we don't need the dudes to do this shit. Like, let's go fucking backpacking. Let's go camping. We got this. And I think that was the permission I needed and the support group I needed to be able to start to, like, slowly chip away at those walls I built up. Yeah. And allow myself to be more vulnerable. All this loss that happened this last year... I think that was the tipping point for me. I think it's just like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little perspective that I want to bring into this. There are a few key words that I've heard you say, and I think that this is important to take note of, is that when you start to experience safety, you start to process things that you've been holding on to. Mm -hmm. I remember a defining moment for that this last year. Tell me. I went to Colorado, I think last July, shortly after, like, the divorce thing was, like, we're going to move forward with this. And I visited my best friend, and I remember sitting on her front step, and being like, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her the secret that no one fucking knows. And I'm also going to tell her about the suicide attempt. Because she's my everything. And if she cuts me out, that's fine. But, like, I'm sick of not being myself around people I fucking love. And I told her. And my fears of being cut out, it didn't happen. It brought us closer together. And I was like, holy shit. And then the next... Folks, I remember telling, and I was so scared. I think it was um, just Adam and Kelsey in their garage. <laughs> On the, I always, like, I love their garage. This whole last summer, we spent so much time. They have, like, a giant oriental rug, and Adam's always like, don't spill on my rug. 
It's from a movie set, and, like, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> maybe he does, I don't know, but we all spill on it. <laughs> it's been, like, therapy sessions in there, but um, I told them, and I was, like, building it up. I was like, you guys are going to hate me and cut me out, and they were like, we were preparing for you to tell us you murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got your back. <laughs> this goes with us to the grave, bitch. Like, <laughs> like I was so scared because it's like been this heavy, heavy, heavy thing. And they accepted me. They fucking accepted me. Yeah. And I think knowing that like I can I can share this with my closest people and not have to worry about being cut out but actually being able to be closer to those people like that vulnerability allows you to be so much more closer with people you realize like you're not alone people so many people go through so many fucked up things so many traumatic horrifying things Mm -hmm. and they fucking make it out yeah and it's beautiful like I hate that people have gone through what they've gone through, but at the same time, I'd rather surround myself with people that have gone through some dark shit and have gotten out of it and are, like, just such good, genuine yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really do. Like, I think that safety and that feeling of safety allows us a space maybe a reflective space like we start to look at ourselves we start to question we start to ask ourselves I think that safety is a really big advocate for that vulnerability but I think another advocate for vulnerability is loss yeah I think that when you are staring something in the eyes that you don't want like right like you don't want this but with loss there's a level of acceptance yeah yeah. And I think that it's interesting to watch this happen to you is it feels like this snowball, but it's all encompassed by feelings of safety, finding a tribe, finding people that you resonate with. And it's loss. There's there's a lot of loss and it's dark and it's twisted and it's painful, but it's also beautiful because it allows you to see this isn't who I am. I am way too big to fit into this container here. Yeah. I have way too much to offer. Um, and it is scary. I I can't speak for all of our listeners, but I know what it's like to not want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you said something so beautiful of, I'm in this space and I'm so lost to someone else that I don't want to live. And it's not dumb, it's not stupid, but it's um, it's relatable. Like how many of us have lost ourselves to something and, but I, I feel like in that idea of returning to the wildest, the wildish nature, I feel like it's those breaks, it's those cliffs. And it's like you either stay here and you suffer or you fucking jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here you are. You've jumped. Giant. And girl, you are soaring. <laughs> yeah. You are. You are. I don't know why that's making me think of... Um, so I love turkey vultures. 
Tell us why you love Charlie <laughs> yeah, Hunter. What? Yeah, a little bit okay. we kind of have to know because I'm a little blown away. Like, wait, what? That's I not what that I thought you were going to say. Like, God damn it, she's bringing it up in this I love too. it. Um, so I remember when I worked in Boulder, I'd drive down to Littleton on this back road, and I remember seeing this fucking giant bird like swooping down on the road, and I was like, that is the most beautiful bird I've ever seen. Like, I thought it was an eagle. And then as I was, like, getting closer, I saw it had this, like, pinkish red head. And I was like, holy fuck, that's a turkey vulture. And I started really, like, noticing them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And they're, like, I think vultures get a bad rep. Like, they're always associated with death because they eat mm-hmm. dead things. But I like them. Like, they look gnarly. They're kind of ugly. But they're, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful birds beautiful like just so graceful at soaring and I think they're misrepresented and they don't hurt anything they they're cleaning up the world they're they're eating dead things and death is like such a taboo thing in our society and I just I love that I love it so much and I see them all the time but when I was this last weekend when I was driving out to Colorado um I saw, I swear to God, there was like more than 10 in the sky and they were spiraling. And it made me think of, um, I wrote it down because I knew I'd be like nervous talking on this. I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, like Fibonacci? Fibonacci? Yeah, the math equation and like how you can see it in nature. It's like, it's spirals, right? So like a shell and, oh, like galaxies, like how everything's spinning. Mm -hmm. But I like, those vultures were spiraling and like I want to live my life that way I don't want it to be a circle I don't want it to be a cycle I want to continue just like spiraling outwards you know and it just like hit my heart I started like tearing up which is so silly but I just like there's something about that bird I fucking love yeah and they kind of in my opinion like they're spiritual in a way because they're carrying death like they're consuming death and like helping you know carry that on Mm. You know, that leads us into this author of The Women Who Run With the Wolves, Clarissa Pinkola Estas, says the life-death-life cycle. Mm -hmm. And that is what you're saying these birds help you to remember. Yeah. Is that cycle that we all live, we consume death, it it comes to us, and then through that, there's rebirth. And it's like we're constantly evolving. Like, Mm -hmm. I think all this loss was like a death cycle for me, like... Oh, 100%. This is a whole new chapter of my life, and I'm, I want to embrace that. I don't want to fight that. And I think yeah. we all go through that constantly. Yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you are, like, you're opening up a blank page. Like, you've mm-hmm. closed a chapter. Yeah. Like, what, what kinds of things do you hope to, like, write in this chapter? Oh, man. I don't want to hold myself back anymore. Yeah. Like, I think I've always been a dreamer, but I want to live the dream. And I don't know what that is yet. And it's freaking terrifying, but so exciting. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, like, I want to accept who I am, embrace who I am, love who I am. I'm sick of all this self-hate, this judgment, and I think a lot of human beings can relate to that. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Life is short. Yeah, just becoming a stronger more compassionate kinder human being and by stronger I mean like 
allowing myself to be vulnerable, allowing people to come in. And if people are going to be toxic, being okay to cut those folks out. Mm, Yeah. Like setting boundaries for myself and just embracing what feels right to me. Like, I think that's what being a wild woman is to me is like accepting who you are and loving who you are. Yeah. And I love my weirdness. Like, (laughs) I love your weirdness. (laughs) I am so pulled to your weirdness. And I, and I wouldn't say you're weird, but like, I like that word now. I'm like, when people say that, I'm like, great. I'm not fucking boring. (laughs) Like, yes. Because like you, you don't know that you're like secretly giving me permission. I'm sure you don't know you're giving other people permission too to like, it's like embrace the themselves. Thing ever. <laughs> it's not nice. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so like, if you are like, let's say that there's somebody who's listening, me, but somebody else who's <laughs> listening who like is maybe in a moment of the death cycle and they haven't like, they can't see life cycle next what are like what is something that's been helpful for you or like is there a resource you want to share to like help people along in their journey to find their own wild woman so for me one I have I showed you guys my journal I started and I've never been really into journaling like the few times I do it I'm like oh I'm gonna burn that (laughs) 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 I got so poetic and then I'll read it and I'm like what the fuck I get very self-conscious, but um, I gave myself permission. I call it my shadow book. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, fuck this. I'm going to write, draw, whatever. Just get it on paper. So journaling helped immensely. And with that, like, I guess my advice is just don't put pressure on yourself. Don't judge yourself. Like, give yourself permission to just express yourself however you need to. Yeah. Amber, you are hitting on something that I think is so important for our listeners because I have had questions. We've had questions come in on what does journaling look like? Mm-hmm. And journaling is seriously whatever feels the best for yeah. you. I yeah. literally just scribbled one time. Like if you flip on one of those pages, I scribbled because I just was like, I need to get this energy out. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote down all the shit that came to mind. I was like, I don't give a sh- Like, I don't care yes. what this looks like because it doesn't matter. This is for me. Yeah. Well, it's freeing to you, and it's and it's allowing that release, whatever it looks like. So Ooh. if it, so go ahead. I was gonna say, okay, sorry. Let me tap into my crazy feminist energy here for a second. <laughs> so, isn't that wild that like even our journal, our personal journal, we're trying to censor? Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. What? Fuck censoring yourself. Like, even our journal, we want it to be digestible for other people. Um, We we want to be told how to do it. Like, Uh, we want to be told, okay, this is how you journal. You write two gratitudes, one that, like, there's not a perfect concoction. I think for me, me, it's fear of, like, people knowing, like, my secrets, you know? And I've been that way with art until recently, where it's just, like... No, I'm going to be vulnerable. If this is cheesy to someone, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, also, this isn't for someone. No, it's yeah. not. Right? Yeah. And, and that feels distrusting mm-hmm. because we grew up in a society where we were taught that we had to be for someone yeah. else. <laughs> to do something that just literally only serves yourself. It doesn't serve anybody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, sorry. Sometimes I forget, like, how deeply ingrained... And this is the tangling, right? Because, like, on the surface, I know. Like, I can say to you, I've said a million times, like, oh, I'm not for everyone. Or, yeah, like, I can do things that are, like, good for me. But then, like, we'll get in conversation and I realize, like, oh, something is still tangled up super tight mm-hmm. in there that I even yeah. think that, like, my journaling needs to be digestible for other people. No. Wow. No. Journaling helped. Okay. I love to dance. And I remember when shit hurts. I love you so much. What? What? Because I just had a secret dance party by myself the other night. And it was like the best thing that that ever happened to me. That seriously saved me. So when shit was like so hard at first, like I'd be home alone and in this pain and I'd be like curled up on my floor doing this stupid wail. It's... It's the weirdest sound. Of it. When I'm really hurt, it's like the weird. It sounds like a constipated animal, but it's just like this pain coming out. Of yeah. Me. After I'd have those little like cry sessions, I'd be like, I need to live. I need to keep going. Like I need to just like feel alive. So I would play music that like had a beat that felt like a heartbeat, and I'd blare it. And I don't know why, but it was always when I was showering, so I was like butt ass naked. My yeah. dog's, like, in there, like, what the fuck? And I would just scream, like, <laughs> I have a shitty voice. I'm fully aware of that. Like, I had the cops called on me once when I was singing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. In college. Like, Kelly can tell you about this. I was singing, and the cops showed up, and I was 20, and everyone was 21, and everyone was like, hey, we're good in the basement. And I was so drunk, I was, like, trying to hide in the, um, we had stackable washer and dryer, and I was, like, trying to hide in the dryer. And my friends come down and like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I'm hiding from the cops. But they're like, so the cop was funny. Like, he was just like, so we got a noise complaint that was someone was screaming, but they think they were just trying to sing with me. So anyways, like, singing in my fucking voice and dancing butt-ass naked really helped me. Yeah. It was oh. really nice. Wait, hold on. What? I'm learning something from you. I always do. But, like, this is kind of deep. Sorry. Do it. Do Stick it. with go me then, here. Go what I'm learning, like, that <laughs> wild self, like, that thing that is helping you is the thing you do for just yourself. Dancing naked in the shower serves nobody else. No. <laughs> All right. That's the part of Okay, name a couple other things. Um, Community. Mm, was heck, huge. Heck yeah. If mm-hmm. I didn't have our family. Oh, I love that. Plus family. Yeah, if I didn't have that support group. Yeah. Mm, no bueno. Nature. Yeah. Mm. I have one friend that's always, like, when I'm having a hard time, she, Janelle again, she's always like, get your ass on the ground and breathe. Like, root yourself on the ground. So, like hiking whatever whatever that is for you maybe it's even just like sitting outside but just getting in nature is it it helps so freaking much i I feel like something that you've really been pushing is your connection to your body okay this is from rupee car Car? (laughs) this is this is from your girl rupee Rupee. (laughs) does that work (laughs) just skip it everyone knows what you're talking about (laughs) all right it goes This is the recipe of life, said my mother as she held me in her arms as I wept. Think of those flowers you plant in the garden each year. They will teach you that people, too, must wilt, fall, root, 
rise in order to bloom. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.